Whipper. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. So you know how to walk, you know how to dance. This is my dance space, your dance space. And we are recording. My name's Rob Castellucci, and this is the This Week in Salsa podcast redux. So it's been three years since I recorded my last podcast. And for those of you who do know that I had a podcast in the past, the format's a little bit different here for these new podcasts, mostly because me and my friends are a bit stir-crazy in quarantine and really wanted to have a conversation with others in the Latin dance community about what's going on with COVID-19, what's going on with the community, and maybe looking ahead a little bit as well. And to help me with running down the week's stories are a few of my good friends, so first is Salil Bhavdakar. Uh, you know, Salil, I've never actually tried to pronounce your last name. Did I get that? Uh, pretty much. All pretty right. Much. More or less. How do you, how do you pronounce it? It's Bhavdekar. Bhavdekar. Okay. Yeah. So Salil is uh, super smart. He's a PhD graduate student from the University of Florida. I met him through the Gator Salsa Club. Uh, he was the vice president over there. He also DJs a lot of the socials there in Gainesville, Florida. And he's a founder of one of my favorite Facebook groups. It's uh, Salsa Memes for Spicy Teens, though. I think if you look that up on Facebook, the name has changed slightly. What's the new name, Salil? Oh, yeah. Now it's Salsa Memes for Spicy Quarantines. Beautiful. <laughs> Wonderful. What, what, why did you decide to change the name? When, how did you come up with that? Honestly, like, you, you know Michelle, right? Like, she's a president of Gator Salsa Club now. Yeah. And she's like, hey, like, you know what you should do? This will be an awesome fun. And I loved it. I brought it up with my moderators. They loved it. And we were like, you know what? Let's go. Everyone's bored. Everyone needs something to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, wait, but that, wait, that's how you came up with the quarantine name or with the original name? With the, with the quarantine name. Who came up with the original name? So the original name was me. Um, I was a kind of inspired by this group, which was Lindy Hop Memes for Hip to the Jive Teens. And I'm like, okay, I want to make one for Salsa. <laughs> And what goes well with salsa? I'm like, oh, spicy. Let's just put that. Okay, and nice. I kind of just ran with that. That's funny. And what's the group up to? How many members do you have now? Oh, we yeah, like six and a half thousand, I want to say. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Okay. We started off with a hundred of us from Gainesville, and now they're all the way up here. Yeah, that's insane. It just started from the Orlando Salsa Congress, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Actually, we're at 7,000. Wow. There you go. Nice, man. Congrats. And also joining us, we have Will Boo. So actually, Will, I take that back. You're probably not one of my best friends. Uh, but <laughs> I did recently meet you through our Game of Thrones watching. So that yeah. was cool. That uh, cool. Even though the last season was a major bummer. But what were your thoughts on Game of Thrones? This is not going to be like the Game of Thrones podcast. But <laughs> were you happy with the last season? Disappointed? Um, I put myself somewhere between disappointed and as disappointed as everybody else. So I wasn't as angry about it as most people, but it was still pretty good. It was fun to watch. When, when I started hearing the alternate, um, alternate possibilities of, uh, of how it could have ended, that's when I got very upset. That's when I was like, oh man, it could have been, uh, what's his name, Bran controlling the, the, yeah. the queen and controlling the, the dragon, like firing everyone and killing everyone. I like that theory. Um, yeah, so they I did feel like they, most of the stuff with Bran. Like, there was so much storyline there, and they just kind of blew it. But yeah, yeah, yep. So, uh, Will is an MA student in Latin American Studies at the University of Florida, uh, graduating in May. Congratulations! I was going to say great time to go out into the job market, but it looks like you're doing your PhD at Emory. So, kudos on that move. I don't think the job market is going to be necessarily strong for the next couple of years. So, uh, I think that's probably a good move at this point. Yeah, try it again in five to six years. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, and then you teach. Uh, what are you bachata, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Guy, right. have you ever taught like salsa too, or just straight bachata? That's your your love. Um, I've actually had one adventure into teaching salsa. That was for like an outreach event for Gator Salsa, and never went back to it. It just it didn't feel quite as fun for me, and I just wasn't quite as prepared for it. But yeah. Just Got it. what was it? Uh, casino style or LA, New York? It was LA. It was LA. LA. Okay. Got it. Gotcha. Well, thank you for joining us. And let's get into some of our topics. First of all, obviously, COVID 19 is ravaging the dance community in more ways than one. 
Uh, we are recording this on what is today's date, March 29th, 2020. And we're in like two to three weeks, basically, of, of lockdown quarantine. And I remember I was, I, was sitting, I was sitting at lunch, this was like two and a half weeks ago, with a guy who runs a lot of the Tampa socials here where I live. And as he sat down, he got a text. And this is before people realized that that stuff was going to get canceled. And he's like, oh, crap, I, I, the, my venue just canceled on me. And, and I was like, oh, no. Because then immediately you think about all these other socials that are happening. And then a week later, I heard from Michelle that the extravaganza got canceled up in Gainesville that was supposed to happen yesterday. Uh, and then it's just been this domino. So I'm curious, what what event or events have you seen that 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 have gotten canceled, that have really been a bummer to you, or that made you realize that this was a, a much more serious coronavirus impact on the dance community than maybe you originally thought? I'll let Will go first. Okay. Um, so I think the first thing was really just to get our salsa club classes, because I realized at that point, like, I've probably taught my last bachata class, at least in Gainesville. Um, that's something that it'll take until like I'm coming back as an alumni. Maybe I'll guest teach one or two weeks during my PhD studies. But for the most part, like that was the the big one when we had to make the decision to cancel classes. Um, I was proud of us though that we were really proactive with that and like we were doing it before a lot of other places were canceling. Yeah. And then the other brief story I'll tell is I was actually just on Instagram chilling, watching dance stories, and then I realized that a couple of these were live. Um, and it was after like most things had already canceled. And that's like, for example, the Miami dance scene, um, there was a promoter who was still like posting stories about a club where people were dancing that night. And I think that was like, maybe like a week after we had already made the decision to cancel classes. Oh wow! Um, and I just messaged them and I was like, this feels irresponsible. Um, and we actually got into an interesting conversation where like they were saying, we agree, but this is our livelihood. Yeah. Um, like promoting this our livelihood so it was like a, a really weird and tough balance between people's health and I think they definitely still shouldn't have been promoting um, and their livelihood so there's there's a lot of interesting stories like this and I'm interested to hear what yeah what, Salil, what do you so what do you think of that with this balance of the the livelihood versus the health and safety of the participants so yeah I definitely understand that it's hard and like when I first, I think similar to Will, like when I first saw all these things still happening, I was like, had a very one extreme opinion where it's like, you know, how can, how can they do this? Like they're putting people's lives in jeopardy, et cetera, et cetera. And like, now that I think about it, like this happened really quickly. Like we're about two weeks into when all these events started getting canceled. And even though for us, it feels like a very long time, this ramped up quickly. Like in terms of Gator Salsa, we came back from spring break. On Monday, we had our classes. By Wednesday, the university had gone completely offline. We had canceled all our classes and events. Everything was gone. And that just took two days. And then ever since then, when we saw, you know, these congresses are still planning to happen. People are still having classes and socials. Um, and I was like, you know, like these guys are being irresponsible. All they care about is money. And some of them did a very good job of, like, being very open and transparent. And they were like, hey, guys, we understand that there's a big health risk. However, like, you know, we have a contract with the hotel and like we've already paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on this. We can't just, you know, drop everything at a bat. We're trying to like work with the hotel. And I kind of appreciated that. Like yeah. if you're open because we don't know what's happening behind the scenes, helping us kind of figure that out, you know, it gives us a better feeling that, hey, you're not just in it for money. But at the same time, there are also other events who just, you know, went uh, attacking everybody who was showing some concern. And they were like, you know what? Like, we've been running this event for years. Like, you don't know what it's like. Like, you know, if you don't like it, just stay at home. You don't have to come and stuff like that. So yeah, I agree that there was a balance, but I also feel like some events could have handled it better in being more open and transparent and not getting, you know, immediately defensive and starting to, like, attack their, um, their consumers. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Will? No, I do. Um, and I'm actually, I've been really on top of this website lately. It's the worldometers.info. It's like this best website to track coronavirus cases throughout the world and uh, country by country. And just like thinking about, um, and if anybody wants to find that, they can just type in worldometers coronavirus. 
Um, and just thinking about how like the numbers that we have today are really reflective of the amount of cases that we had truly when some of these dance events were still going on like a week, two weeks ago, like that's what we're seeing with these numbers that we have today, confirm cases that maybe people were carrying 14 days ago, maybe they started having symptoms seven to 10 days ago. Like there was still some dancing at the point when a lot of these cases were happening. Um, So I think that when we keep that in mind, like everybody who was canceling early was definitely in the right. And then I understand like that people were reluctant to cancel because of their livelihoods, but we have over 132,000 cases in the U S now. Um, and that is like today really would be a lot higher once we know like everybody who has it today and is currently carrying the virus, um, once they had the chance to get tested. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm leaning more towards like Salil's position of people definitely could have handled it better. Um, yeah. Yeah. Per- perspective is, is everything on this. And like you said, it's so, it's moving so fast that what seemed reasonable a week ago is not reasonable today. And, and so I don't know where I fall on this. I asked a Facebook status update about this, about what was the most inspiring and what was the most disappointing thing that you've seen so far since the whole coronavirus impact on the dance community. And a lot of people brought up this exact issue was people running events when they should not have been. And me being playing devil's advocate for a moment, if the government says that meetings of 50 or more people are not allowed, no, they should not be running that event. If they don't have that guidance, then, and if, if they are on the hook to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for an event, hmm. I can see why they're, they're saying, if you don't feel comfortable, maybe we'll work something out with you to not show up but moving forward with an event. And, and they also are probably looking at this like, okay, a lot of the people who come to these Congresses are in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, they're not in the risk category. So if you are in the risk category, you should stay home. But if you can see my screen here, this is one of the memes, this is not salsa related, but this is one of the memes I love that for a while there was this dialogue of people saying, well, the flu kills more people. And it's true, it does, it has killed more people. But the trajectory, the unknown trajectory of coronavirus makes it where we have to take these really draconian precautions and shut things down that we don't want to shut down. And for those of you who can't see this, it's a, it's a meme of Godzilla. And the one guy is like, run, Godzilla's attacking the city. And then the other guy is like, relax, he's only killed 4,000 people. The flu kills over 25,000 people every year. Right. And so it puts in perspective, yes, the flu is more deadly, but it's not this monster that could potentially stamp out an entire city like like's happening in Milan if uh, you don't take care of it. So I think that was a long winded explanation to say, I don't know what the right move is for an event organizer. Uh, th- there's another uh, link in the rundown that I want to point out, but we can just jump to it right now, too is that uh, Germany did a bailout of their people that had a specific focus on the self-employed, but also on artists, you know, mm. dancers, uh, fine art, uh, fine artists, but they know how important the arts are. And while the U.S. bailout is very encompassing for companies under 500 people, uh, it still isn't very targeted towards, you know, Latin dancers who are all self-employed with maybe an employee, but probably not all independent mm-hmm. contractors. So I just hope that by taking these precautions at the back end, the government takes care of, of Latin dancers that want to keep on having these events. And, and I don't know if they're, if they're capable of that, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Definitely. Um, I just want to touch real quick on the flu and coronavirus and like definitely what we know of the flu, like, yes, it kills more people per year, but in terms of the percent of people who get it, who end up dying, I think it's well below 1% usually. Um, Whereas like coronavirus cases that are closed in the world right now. And again, this number will change significantly. It's likely to fall down to like two, three, maybe 4%, but it's currently at 18% deaths. Um, really? for people who have had an outcome. So like 18, uh, 82% recovered, 18% deaths, and then there's still over 500,000 cases pending in the world, and only 5% of those are serious or critical. Why was uh, I hearing like 5%, 2% to 5% is what I've been hearing? So it depends, depends a lot on the country. 
Um, and what I'm talking about so far is just closed cases. So a lot of the people who had um, compromised immune systems or didn't have access to healthcare have already been viciously impacted by the virus. Um, so that's why the death rate right now is super high, like 18%. And to be telling the truth, like the two to 3% projection, like those are just projections right now. Um, and it'll probably end up near that. But even then that's like dozens or even hundreds of times more deadly than the flu. Um, Got it. So, so like the flu will, all right, we probably won't have as many people die to coronavirus as we have died to the flu each year in the United States. But in terms of like the percent of people dying who get it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's know? also like a lot of people compare to the flu because it has similar symptoms, but I mean, it spreads more than the flu. It's more deadly than the flu. There's no vaccine for coronavirus. There is one for the flu. And most importantly, it's like coronavirus isn't replacing the flu or any other disease. It's adding on and it's adding on in a very short time. So all these 100,000 deaths you're seeing for the flu are over the course of nine months. Whereas mm -hmm. right now we're seeing 100,000 cases in the course of three weeks. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So it's not so much about, oh yeah, it may not kill you, but it's going to overload your hospital system. And then, you know, what happens if you have a heart attack or if you get in a car accident? Suddenly the hospitals can't take you anymore because they don't have any beds available. Yeah. So well, and, and not just a one-dimensional way to look at things. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of people who have, have died, unfortunately, uh, the, uh, the saxophonist, Manu Dibango, mm -hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing mm -hmm. that relatively closely, but he, he died of COVID-19. I think he was 86. Uh, yeah, I think he was in his, his mid-80s. But this guy was famous for the, the song, Mama Say Mama Sa Mama something something like that. Uh, Jackson, Michael Jackson covered it back in the, the mid-80s. But he, he also has a salsa link, which I thought was interesting. He performed with the Fania All-Stars back in the 70s. So you can look this up on YouTube. He had a, a video of him guest appearance uh, with the Fania All-Stars on stage back in 1976, I think it was. Uh, but he... He unfortunately succumbed to the to the illness uh, only a, a week or two ago. I heard about this one, so yeah, it's uh, bad. I just I just hope that I hope that salsa dancers are staying safe in quarantine, especially our older salsa dancers who uh, you know are living legend salsa dancers. I just don't want I don't want COVID nineteen taking away any people early that that could be prevented. Uh, and and then this this comes into this bigger point of. COVID-19 is having a dramatic impact on the South community, both, you know, people getting sick, the quarantines, the, the socials that are not happening, the congresses that are not happening, but also simpler things like we are being urged not to shake hands anymore and trying to avoid physical contact, even stepping six feet away from, from others. There are articles coming out like the end of handshakes. And I, I am wondering what this looks like after COVID-19 is handled. Let's say it becomes the same categorization as the flu, where we have a vaccine for it, it kills people every year, but it's manageable. What, how does salsa bounce back? Does it bounce back? Does it look different when it has bounced back? What do you guys think? Absolutely, you can start this one off. You've been in the scene a significantly longer time. So that, yeah, so like I look, we look at the rundown. This was the one question where I was the most split on, because with the whole the end of handshakes and dancing is basically I don't know a prolonged handshake. Like we couldn't choose a worse passion or worse hobby. For <laughs> like maybe, maybe wrestling, like wrestling, jiu-jitsu, yeah. and salsa. That's about it. It's like yeah, you're touching multiple people for hours every night. Like okay, this is horrible. Um, I don't really know to be honest. Like. With the whole handshake thing, I think it, a part of me wants to say, yeah, it might change. People might, you know, go for fist bumps instead of handshakes in the future. Mm -hmm. But I still have read these articles and seen a lot of like these businessmen or politicians who are like, no, shaking hands is our job. Like that's how we connect with our constituents and we're not going to give that up. And if people like that aren't going to give it up in a time like this, I don't see it changing much going forward. So I don't really know. There, there's this, there's this phrase, Salil. It's uh, uh, politicians should never waste a good crisis, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so I think that this is a crisis, and it's an opportunity for people to, to enact change that would otherwise be impossible. So there's this guy. I won't name him by name, but he's in Gainesville. He's a, 
very well-known person in Gainesville. Actually, I think there was a story about him on the Gainesville Sun. If there is, I, I'll let you know later because uh, I don't want to call him out. But for, uh, like five years ago, he was making a big push for fist bumps. So he would go up to everyone and fist bump them. Like imagine this, you know, 55-year-old professional, probably in like the multimillionaires range. And he's going up to other multimillionaires and trying to fist bump them. And they're like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> right? What's wrong with you? But now he probably can't even get a fist bump, right? They don't mm-hmm. even want to touch him. So if you're trying to, to change something, now's the time that you would do that in terms of social norms and what's accepted and what's not accepted. And the other thought I have on this is, I wonder if dance moves will change. I wonder if, so I have this move that I stole off of Neri Garcia because I love Neri. And he's got this move where he like goes around the woman's chin and turns her from the chin. So rather than like, like a simple outside turn instead of from your right to left, you turn her. No, no, no. Like you're not even touching her hands. Just go off the chin and boom around, right? And I don't know if you can get away with that post-corona. Like, I don't know if you, you're not even supposed to touch your face. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to touch someone else's face? I'm sure some people won't care, but some people might get kind of creeped out by it, especially beginners, right? If a beginner's coming into the scene, maybe they won't want to be dancing with someone after a guy puts their hands all over them. I don't know. Will, what do you think? Um, I think on that note, I'm not sure that that changes too much in the scene necessarily, at least from what the scene should be. Like, I think as long as people are communicating with like what's fine with their dance partner and like reading their partner, like stuff like that, I think can still continue just in moderation. And that kind of ties in with my broader answer to this too, which is that I don't think that the dance scene will have to change too much when we come back from all of this. Um, and I don't necessarily think the onus is on us to change. I think the onus, and you kind of alluded to this with like politicians not wasting crises. I think the the onus is one like sus- bigger systemic things need to change. Like this crisis wouldn't have been nearly as big of an issue if people had access to healthcare, if people's healthcare wasn't tied to their employment, um, if hospitals were prepared for this, which is more of a political issue than a medical one. Um, so I think I would put this more on like the preparedness of the United States and the systems we currently have than I would on people who rightfully, and I think beautifully communicate through touch. Um, I think handshakes, hugs, dancing, like all of these are very human expressions that we shouldn't give up when we come back from COVID-19. I think that we need to be smart about it. Like we can't just jump back into it as soon as the curve starts to go down. Like we need to beat this thing first. We need to have a vaccine. We need to have treatments. Healthcare system needs to be ready to treat it. But as soon as that happens, like continue dancing, like continue dancing, continue hugging, continue shaking hands, continue being human. Um, We just need to change our systems to be more human too so that we can be more ready for this or whatever the next thing is that hits us. But, but, but Will, the, the vaccine is going to come out mm-hmm. 12 to 18 months from now if it's yeah. a successful vaccine. So are you alluding to us not dancing in a social dancing environment for a year to a year and a half? Um, if it were to continue to be this bad, yes, but I don't think it will. Um, I think if at least there's a treatment, which could be in the next, that, that's more likely in the next couple, maybe few months, um, rather than a vaccine. Vaccine, yeah, 12 to 18 months. Um, treatment could be quicker. And also, we don't know, like, will this just have one boom? Will it crash and then have like another kind of rebound in the fall? Yeah. Like, we don't know how this virus is going to behave yet. So I guess yeah. my answer to that is we'll wait and see. Um, I'm in the group that I'd rather us have really strict, I don't even really want to call it social distancing, physical distancing measures um, until we've like confidently beat this and then just come back completely rather than like kind of halfway do it. And then maybe a year or two from now, we're having to do this again and like completely shut down the dance. Yeah. The half measures are, are not. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, the college dance scenes has one advantage if, I'm thinking, again, devil's advocate workarounds, right? How can you introduce salsa dancing and social dancing earlier rather than later? And obviously, next to the water now goes the Purell, right? Hand sanitizer (laughs) everywhere, you do that, obviously. Um, But then beyond that, in the college scene, you're not, it's not like you when you're in college are hanging out with old people all the time. You're not hanging out with mom and dad all the time. Maybe you go back once or twice a semester, 
So if you're in your little bubble and if the incubation time is, they're saying like five to 14 days, then in theory, you could time it in ways in college or in other communities perhaps where you have a lot of social dancing, but then maybe cut off socials earlier so you're not having a social the week before Christmas or the week before holidays begin. Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, there are ways, but what we're talking about with that is really half measures still. We're, yeah. we're not talking, like, that's not, it's going to still spread a little bit in that way. But I guess I just want to have my salsa cake and eat it too. You know, I want to <laughs> want to keep on dancing. I just can't imagine. You know, I saw these videos. Uh, I linked up to them in the show notes with the, these different options for people who made their own uh, dancing dummies. Did you guys oh, see those? Yeah, I saw those. Yeah, yeah so so let, let's jump into that for a sec. So we have three uh, three options here. We have dancing with a skeleton, dancing with a volleyball. I think that's what the head is made out of. And then dancing with yourself. I thought that was a creative one. But uh, but all these are just, oh man, it's brilliant. Uh, this one with a skeleton, it looks like one of those skeletons from uh, <laughs> from from bio class. And they put it on, uh, what is that? Some kind of platform, like a moving platform. I think it's like an arm, the bottom of an armchair. Armchair. Wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna share my screen so you guys can see, can see mine as well. Oh, that's one. This one's different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this oh, is. Okay. You know, this will get you through a quarantine of. This is one of the month. best ones I've seen, actually. Right, like the the cross by lead doesn't. I I can't tell how good a dancer he is. Though. I don't think he's the best dancer. He's. <laughs> oh man, I, I hope he doesn't watch solid. this. <laughs> you have, you haven't seen this yet. No, I I just hope. Jose here most of this doesn't watch this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Jose, we we love you if you if you watch this. So that's that's the first one. The second one is dancing with a volleyball. Can't get a confirmation on this. Is this in fact a volleyball? I couldn't uh couldn't tell if it was that or a melon or something. Um, I'm gonna go with volleyball. I'm hoping it's not a melon. (laughs) Well, the bottom is definitely one of those uh office chairs. Like Mm -hmm. you ripped it off the top of the bottom of the office chair. Oh and yeah. Put some clothes on it because you know you don't want to dance with a naked, inanimate object. And the wig, the wigs. See, this guy's a good dancer, though. I can tell he's better. He's better than Jose. Wow. Herman. <laughs> yeah, he's good. And then the the last one here is dancing with yourself, which all this guy's really doing is dancing with the mirror. But like, see, this won't work with LA. This works with. This works with basic street salsa. You can just do that with the mirror. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's like dancing to merengue anyway, too. (laughs) Is is this salsa? Yeah, it looks like he's doing a little back rocks there. No, no, like the music, though. The music. The music isn't playing. It sounds like something close to salsa, but not quite salsa. Hmm. People People can comment to me and tell me how I don't know what salsa is, whatever. The sound wasn't there, but judging by his steps, that might have been cumbia. Okay, okay. Got it. Wait, you couldn't hear the audio? No. No. Oh. I know why. I forgot to share. Forgot to share my audio. Damn, guys, you should have told me. Okay. Well, that's all right. Um, so... Anyway, yeah. So it, why was I talking about that? Right, because we were in quarantine, right? And so you, you can find some workarounds, hopefully. Uh, maybe you can have, like, is it, at this point, guys, is it appropriate to invite one or two friends over to practice salsa, or is that inappropriate? That's a tough question. Yeah. Um, if you asked me, like, 10 days ago, even maybe a week ago, I would have probably said yes, mainly because that's what I did about 10 days ago. <laughs> But, and I was, you know, I was thinking like, so I've been basically at home for two weeks and I was like, okay, you know, having like somebody over once a week, I make them all wash their hands when they come in. If they're sick, they don't come over and I only keep it to a small group of people. You know, it should be fine. But then I also realized that, okay, I'm inviting four people, but I don't know where, what they've been doing. So if they've been, you know, been invited by other people, this whole social distancing is not going to work anymore. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's like, four groups of people in everyone's house, then at this, you're basically having a social over a week's period instead of having it on one night. So I don't know. Right now I'm a little more skeptical and I probably wouldn't invite someone over to a dance. Yeah. My short answer is no. 
it's not appropriate, but there are some exceptions to that, I would say. Like, for example, if you have just been inviting like one, the same one or two people over to your house to dance, and you know that outside of that, they're practicing physical distancing and they're not going home to like see older relatives or like they don't hang out with anyone who has a compromised immune system. Like if it's the same one or two people over and over, sure, that's probably okay. Um, But if you're inviting like three or four people or even a different one or two and like doing it a bunch of different times and like, no, that's definitely not appropriate. Like you don't know who they're hanging out with. You don't know where they've been, like Salil said. So I would just, honestly, I would just focus on shines. And like, if you happen to have a dance partner, whether that's somebody that you're dating or married to or somebody you're best friends with, like that seems safer. And then you're limiting who's at risk there. Well, that that is definitely a benefit of being married to a salsa dancer <laughs> at this time, I'll tell you. So I'm I'm happy about that. But I, I can't help draw the metaphor to safe sex, right? So yeah, okay, I know I'm going somewhere with this. So we I mean, I, we yeah. listen, you guys are in Gainesville, it's a college town, all right, college kids. Practice safe sex, right? You um either wanna know that you are only having intimate relationships with one person or you wear protection. Right. And then, but a lot of the other things that you guys were talking about right now about who they hang out with, where they've been, right. That's, that's kind of of analogies, the same, yeah. mm-hmm. right. So, but what is the safe sex equivalent with salsa dancing? Do you wear the mask? Like if I'm wearing the N95 mask as I'm dancing, is that, that safe enough? Like, are we going to see N95 socials? I, I, I hope that's not something we see right now because I've been talking to a lot of nurses who are my friends and they need them. Have N95, so oh, yeah. we're hoping dancers aren't hoarding. Please, dancers, do not hoard N95 masks. You, no. But I think this is going to tie into what we were talking about a little earlier too about how we come back from this because I don't think it's going to be like a switch where it's like, all right, guys, it's cured. Let's all go back to lives. Like, it, I think it's going to be gradual. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the first few classes that open up are going to be, you know, come with a partner and dance with that partner for the entire class where you won't like rotate partners. So it's like you come with a friend or like um, your SO or something else. So you're not like spreading virus. I think it might be limited to a certain number of people so that everyone's a little more spread out. And then eventually I think it'll start relaxing to go back to where we are now. That's a that's an interesting point. I hadn't really considered. Like, I know at congresses usually, like, or even just in classes in general, instructors hate it when somebody comes with like one designated partner and then doesn't rotate. And that's usually a thing that's kind of like discouraged or stigmatized against. But like now, instead of having somebody like Tigre like teaching his bachata class at OSC and saying like, "Oh, are you in the honeymoon suite?" and kind of like giving them a hard time, now we might actually kind of encourage that. Like whenever you come back, like at least the first few classes, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe rotation's not going to be a thing. Who knows? Yeah, but we're looking at this with an LA bachata New York mindset. What about casino dancers? How do you Correct. do a rue though yeah. with casino? Yeah, that's so tough. this is the end of casino. So <laughs> no, COVID nineteen no. <laughs> will kill casino, and LA New York will rule. That's that's what you're saying. Rob will be very happy at this point. <laughs> I listen, I have nothing against casino. I like I like casino, but it's not my love, you know. It's mm-hmm. just like bachata, it's not my love. It's I can I can do it, but yeah. And then bachata's yeah, maybe worse mean, off too, man. I mean bachata, you're really close if you're doing it right. I think that's why a lot of people enjoy it. That like it's a different tone than salsa. Salsa, we have like a safe distance. There's room for a Jesus in there, you know, but Bachata, it's hmm. Mm. See, this is where you want that video clip to be like Rob is going. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moving on. All right. <laughs> I, I I did want to add some silver linings of some cool things I thought that were happening in the South community in light of all this COVID stuff. And yeah. one was Kobe Party. Have you guys seen the Kobe Party movement? Yeah, I've seen this one, and there's a similar one uh, for Bachata that's doing the same thing, like a bunch of DJs live streaming and trying to keep us us active and still having music. What do they call themselves? Um, 
you look it up. You look it up. No, I know what it's called. It's just that you wanted me not to swear. So <laughs> the group name is hashtag fu covid. Perfect. Yeah. See, that wasn't so hard. Well okay. done. Okay. <laughs> this one is a uh, Kobe party. So the salsa one's Kobe party. But they, I went on maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago when they first started, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And it was nice and. There were uh, live DJs every hour playing a set. Now they're 15 days into it, 13,000 members. And it was cool. They have an online salsa congress happening in mid-April. So check that out. It's just Kobe Party. So facebook.com slash groups slash Kobe Party. And yeah, they got DJs coming from all over the world. I think for that the April salsa congress that they're doing, it's going to be some special world-renowned DJs. It's been kind of an open open forum as far as I can tell with any DJs who want to participate, they can find them a slot in a 24 hour, but that, uh, that Congress looks a little special. So that's been cool. It's been nice to see people getting together on the live chats and on the videos. And so that, any other silver linings? Do we have anything else positive coming out of this? Um, I think I was pretty encouraged actually by, um, so Salsa Mundi, I was a local studio in Gainesville by the first online class that Koji did. Um, Koji being the owner of Salsa Mundi, um, it ended up having a decent amount of people there. I think at its peak, it was like, I don't know, like 35 or 40 people tuning in. Um, and it was actually a really fun class. It was a bachata shine and I learned a lot from it. And there's like maybe one or two eight counts that like I'll routinely probably start incorporating into what I do in terms of bachata shines. Um, so that was encouraging to see a local studio like trying something that it hadn't done before and like doing it in a way that a lot of people liked and I saw a couple other students even like posted videos of them trying the shine from class that was a local silver lining and then I know Gator Salsa Club we've been trying to put out like short videos teaching people shines as well um, and then I saw Salil actually which was a good transition for him like he's thinking of even maybe teaching some partner work online as well so um, seeing the dance community kind of innovate and respond to this. And I know online teaching has been a thing for a long time, but like some people who haven't been doing it are now getting into it. Yeah. Uh, just to like find a way to keep moving, keep dancing and keep this, keep this a community while we, while we go through this. Yeah. I don't know if this is a silver lining. I mean, it is for me, but I don't think it's a overall silver lining. It's a lot of these people who are professional dancers who's like dancing is their entire livelihood are you know now don't have one so they have to like start having online classes so that you know they can make money make rent and stuff that's what this is why it's not a silver lining for them but it's giving a lot of us access to take these online classes with some like really good people for a pretty cheap amount and like you'll never be able to take classes with, so for me for example taking the, these online classes with Dijon and Clo, and it's three classes a week for four weeks and there's if they were like you know touring and going to congresses and teaching everywhere there's no way i could take these many classes from them mm. at least for me it's like okay now i can take this really good instruction it was like five bucks for the entire week which is super cheap and shines is something i've always kind of neglected so to me it's a good time for me to start working on them because what else can i do yep. so personally silver lining yes yeah but, the the other one is Dance Dojo, which they've always been online. I'm sure they teach probably locally in Canada where they're based out of as well. But Dance Dojo did a two-week free for access to their site, which I thought was neat. Um, but you're right. Both of you are right with this movement to online, really the push to online if they want to make any kind of money. And I remember when I was new in the scene, this was maybe 2010 or 2011, uh, I won't name names, but there was one dancer who, this world-renowned dancer, amazing dancer, and he he charged two fifty an hour for private classes, and I was like, two fifty an hour? Are you kidding me? And and my friend told me, well, no, it's it's more that he hates teaching private classes and he hates you know teaching people individually, so it's more like I want you to stay away from me, so that's why I charge two fifty. Uh, so I wouldn't really have access to a private class with someone like that. But now all those people, they ain't going to congresses, they ain't teaching group classes. So they're more accessible than ever. If you, if you ever just message someone on Facebook, message your salsa crush on Facebook, whatever, and ask to set up a Zoom with them and, and go on a screen share and, and, teach and learn a lesson, like they would never have more time on their hands, I have to imagine, than they do mm -hmm. right now and, and do it for a reasonable rate. 
Well, cool. That's some good silver linings. Uh, I feel like we should end the show on there, but there are a couple things that, that I did want to go over first, which are um, a few more memes and funny videos because that's like, you know, positive stuff. So we should go over that. Oh, wait, before we do that, also not related to salsa, but it could be because it's like activity. I use this thing called the Aura Ring. You guys know the Aura Ring? It's like a sleep tracker. I know it now because you posted that thing online. <laughs> yeah, so I, I am a biohacker. I love tracking my sleep. So I use this Aura Ring and it tracks your temperature, it tracks your uh, uh, accelerometers in there, so it tracks your movements at night and some other factors as well. And they partnered with UCSF for a study for early COVID ID detection, uh, COVID detection. And uh, the way they're doing that is through temperature. So apparently, a week or two ago, there was a guy who used Aura that was in Finland. And like every day when you wake up with this ring, it tells you, hey, you're doing great today. Or, hey, you look a little sick. You should probably take it easy. It gives you a score. And so the guy felt fine, but he was getting a score in like the, the F plus kind of range. And he couldn't figure it out. So he went to his doctor and he got the COVID test and it came out positive. positive. So he was asymptomatic. And then three days later, he started developing symptoms. But whatever Aura was tracking caught things like three or four days before he showed any visible signs of the disease, which is pretty cool. So they decided to roll out and partner with UCSF. So they give out like 20,000 Aura rings to frontline healthcare workers. And then anyone who has an Aura ring, including myself, can participate in the study too. So every day I get this, uh, this survey saying, how do you feel today? Did you get exposed to anyone who has shown symptoms? And what was your temperature if you took a thermometer test? So I thought that was a pretty cool way that there are so many stories like this of, you know, we have a local distillery that's turning its uh, alcohol into hand sanitizer, alcohol hand sanitizer. You hear about restaurants that are feeding, um, feeding healthcare workers for free. Uh, like you just hear so many of these stories outside the Latin dance community. It's just cool to see companies and individuals helping others when you know, we have gotten so used to living in our little shelters, our little bubbles, and we don't talk to each other anymore. Uh, politics has never been better, in my opinion, because we're, we're kind of all on the same team, for the most part that I can remember in a long time. So these are all things that are, are encouraging me during, during this dark time for dancers. So the, okay, so back to my original point, funny memes and videos. So there are a couple that I collected here that, that I really enjoy, and I'll link to these in the show notes for those of you listening. But the, the first one here was, uh, you guys should be able to see my screen. Uh, this one is how, maybe from a week and a half ago, me and travel and then coronavirus holding me back. It's a cute little marshmallow-looking guy that just won't let me reach to my travel. I, I just found it to be adorable and cute. So, no, yeah, that's it. The... Uh, this one though, what this is one this? This really funny. I remember this one. What is this? Avid. I don't even know until I. Oh yeah, right. Talking about <laughs> coming back. <laughs> this dude. This dude is sitting in his. Uh... <laughs> okay. Th so the meme that the title is uh, going to my next salsa festival while avoiding the coronavirus, and it's this this dude who's sitting on the side of a jet. So he's like <laughs> sitting on the outside of a jet, so he's not exposed to anyone in the plane. So there you go. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, the the dancer skeletons we talked about that the shine combo did you re did you see this? I have not. I watched about okay, half. We're we're gonna just watch it. Hi, right. Um, obviously, I don't know what to do as much as you. Um, but one of my private passions has always been dance, and I just wanted to share it with you. Um, so I thought maybe I could show you some of my work and teach it to you, and then if you like it, we can do it every day, but let's keep active. And uh, yeah, please uh, share it, like it, and let's keep active. Okay, so it's this English guy who's now in a, <laughs> I don't know, what do you call that? He's in a, I mean, a, like a gymnastics, women's gymnastics suit, <laughs> and he's just rolling, and <laughs> so now he breaks down. Look, and he's breaking it down now. I learned shoulder inversion. I didn't know that. Pretty sure that's not a thing. You can tell he's a dancer. I think. Not. not a salsa dancer. But he can definitely move. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, man. So that put a smile <laughs> on my face. And lastly... Oh, I love this one. <laughs> going to the first dance party after quarantine. <laughs> and it's just... So it's just chickens. Chickens, like, going everywhere. Crazy. I hope, I hope, in my wildest dreams, I hope that it will be like that for my first house search after getting out of place. <laughs> oh man yeah i feel Good like times. the first first dance social at congress after this thing is over is gonna be like packed. oh it's gonna make money it's yeah it's just gonna be lines out the door like if, if someone is smart they're gonna have a quarantine congress but the problem is you don't know when exactly you're gonna be able to run that congress so how do you make a congress that's in time with that but oh man the i think yeah, the that's what party. I think that's what Bachatiando might be hoping for because a lot of these congresses that were taking place in March and April postponed to next year. Mm-hmm. But Bachatiando, I think, postponed to June or July. Yep. So I feel like they're kind of hoping that this is done by June so that they become like, the first big congress. Yeah, July, they might have a chance. June, man, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but it's Miami. Yeah. Miami. So... Oh, wait, the last one. Salil, you did this, didn't you? Dancers copy and paste? Um, yeah, one of my friends co- copy-pasted, like, that little profile thing. And then, I, I, honestly, I really like that a lot. Like, I was a little bit anxious about it. So I guess we should say what it is first, because... Right yeah, now, you, you say what it is. I don't participate in these stupid changes. Um, but so you, I don't you know do, the so exact wording of this, but I'm going to look it up real quick. So it is basically, like, it's your status post where you say... When you first saw me dance, what is your impression? Hashtag dancers copy and paste. And I was a little bit anxious because I'm like, oh, what are people going to say? But it, it is actually really nice. Like most people have gave like such like nice, wholesome, heartwarming comments. And at a time when you're like feeling so bad about not being able to dance, it mm-hmm. was actually pretty cool just seeing what people thought of you like six years ago, four years ago when they first saw you dance. And nice. I'm assuming most of the people who didn't like you didn't post on this, but most of the comments I got and most of the comments I saw other people getting were like overwhelmingly like positive and encouraging. Nice. Nice. Would you, uh, would you like to share one of your most memorable comments or do you want to pull it up? Uh, sure. If well, I can find that on your Facebook. Well, my, my favorite one was, I wonder if he's single and I'm like, Oh, well, what? Okay. nice. Whoa. <laughs> hey, wait, who's this Salil? Is that you? It's who me? Is what me? No, that is not me. Different how, how did I get? I'm wait, the f- I'm the fourth one on your list right there. How are that you? The, wait, now you're right. Okay. Okay. Got it. That's Let's me. see what people thought of Salil when they first danced with him. Okay. Forty-eight comments. Damn, I gotta do this. Salil, you're popular. Wow. Who's? I want to see the one who's like, I wonder if he's single. Okay. Wait, Salil. Be honest. Did you slide in any DMs after this? So no. Well, most of the people on this who comment on here, like, I, I already know. Okay. Like, and I'm known for, like, a few years. Okay. So you just texted them, got it. Come on, Doc. Yeah, basically. Wait, where? You're on the wrong post. You're on the wrong post. Yeah, why wait, am I not? going on? Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's you why. You didn't lose that. You didn't lose that riddle, by the way. But anyway. Okay, let's see. I mean, debatable. <laughs> he teaches classes. Okay. Brown sugar, whoa, Mary Kate. Yeah, I, think, I think some of my favorite ones were with people who have only danced to it like a handful of times. Some mm-hmm. people like only one or two times, and I'm like, hey, I was just like so happy that they even remembered who I was and remember remember me enough to like go and comment on this. Yeah, that's nice. It's like when people post for your birthday that you haven't mm-hmm. talked to in like ten years. Like True. That. Okay, this dude might be taller than me. I will not wait. Oh no, okay. I never saw. <laughs> wait, an Indian uh, uh, teaching salsa was an answer towards Hispanics <laughs> teaching yoga. Nice. <laughs> good. Tall and skinny like me. I got a lot of tall and tall comments on this for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet you're you're very very tall gentleman. Um, where is the one that was into you? I can't. Can't see this. There it is. There it is. This one right here? No, down one. Down one on like the thread. Oh, okay, got it. 
I wonder if he's single. And you respond, should have asked. Oh. Are you done with the thing? No, not yet. <laughs> this is all being recorded. Okay. Okay, all right. Uh, so I glad think this I... wasn't live. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to post all this anyway, so oh, it's, it's kind of the same as being live. Um, okay, guys, this was, this was a fun experiment. I think it, I think it worked out well. Mm-hmm. So any, um, well, if, if people want to get a hold of you, if they want to dance with you for the first time, if they want to understand more about Hispanic culture from you, Will, uh, that is your major, right? Did I forget that? Um, Latin American studies. So Latin my, American studies. Okay. Yeah, Got it. More, more specific on a very like <laughs> specific region, specific topic, but yeah. Got it. Well, if they want to get a hold of you, Will, uh, what's the best way of, of reaching you? Um, they can just email me or follow me on Instagram, two very divergent ways. Um, <laughs> email would be wboost, and that's B-O-O-S-E, at ufl.edu. And then if they're more, um, just want to contact via social media, just Will Boost on Instagram. Nice. What about you, Salil? Um, I would say Facebook is probably the best way. Um, Though my, since my name is hard to spell, if you want to go on Instagram, I'm Dr. Brown Sugar. So either of those two things. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. And for all of you listeners, subscribe, uh, rate the podcast. That really helps us. Give us a five star. And my wife said, if deserved. Wow. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for the support. And you can also go to facebook.com forward slash this week in salsa. You can contact me slash Rob J cast on Facebook and Twitter. So R O B J C A S T. And Oh yeah. If you have feedback, send feedback, but also if you want to either be a guest on the show or recommend people to be guests on the show, let me know about that too. Part of this podcast is that we're not experts in salsa. We're not, people who are the most amazing dancers or know everything about the salsa community. We're just kind of regular people that you would meet at a salsa club or at a studio or at a class. So uh, this is the kind of podcast that we will have different people on from time to time. There are not weekly people coming in every week unless I can't find anyone. And then Will, Salil, you're more than welcome (laughs) to come back next week and talk more about whatever is going on. Also, if you do have topics that you think are worthwhile, to talk about on the podcast, send those to me as well. We're always looking for things to discuss, meaningful news that's happening in our community. And with that, I haven't come up with an awesome sign-off yet, so I will just say see you on the dance floor.